0: The Sci Film Podcast is a Thrave Productions podcast. The Sci Fora Film Podcast. Hello, welcome to the sci Film Podcast. I'm me. He... no. He's... <laughs> him... And she is Amy.
1: Hi. Amy. <laughs> uh,
0: Amy is joining us, as we said she would be, for this uh, Halloween special. I suppose we should really actually have backgrounds to, to match Halloween, really.
1: Not just picture frames. But hey. I don't know, I think
2: we're scary enough.
1: <laughs> I've got a hat to dress up with, but that's about it.
2: <laughs>
0: Everybody needs a hat.
2: Um, uh, I, don't, I don't know where my mask has gone you're wearing it <laughs> i
1: was about to say the same thing
0: <laughs> i'm leaving so bad, it? <laughs> i'm leaving uh, don't do that we might miss you um is the term might then. <laughs> anyway,
2: I, would right. say, I would say as well i do owe you some money She, we were taking bets on whether or not you'd make it through the films
1: oh i and loved it yeah, it she set
2: through both of them and was, wow. was perfectly yeah.
1: fine. Both of them back-to-back, back, bear in mind. <gasps> wow. someone that doesn't like horror movies, just straight, both films.
0: That's quite impressive. <laughs> I didn't even do that. <laughs> Mainly because I didn't have, like, three and a half hours to spend. But, um, or four and a half. Four and a half, whatever. Right, <laughs> so, let's. Uh, yes, this is our Halloween special. And uh, to celebrate Halloween, we have watched two versions of the film Halloween. We watched the original uh, 1978 film by John Carpenter and the, um, I've forgotten when it was now. When was it?
2: 2007.
0: 2007 film by Rob Zombie. So shall we do a quick run through of each one and then we can do a sort of comparison of what we thought of the pair of them and all that sort of thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, go on.
0: Yeah. Right. So the very first film, the first film is Halloween. Of course, for 1978, uh, the screenplay was r- written by John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Uh, the director and the uh, musical score were done by John Carpenter. Producer was Deborah Hill. Cinematography, Dean Cundy. Uh, the cast, Donald Pleasance, Jamie Lee Curtis, PJ Souls, Nancy Loomis. Now, there are other people in it, but they are the main characters. Yeah. Um, we won't worry about a synopsis. And I will in advance say that I think most people who are into horror films will probably have seen both of these, so there may well be spoilers. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's just, if you haven't seen, even if you're into horror films, you haven't seen the John Carpenter one, then you yeah. deserve to spoil
0: us. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so um, now I've got to start off by saying I love this film. It was one of those films that I kind of grew up with. Uh, I've seen it about four times, five times now, and it's, it's, it still looks as good now as it did the first time I saw it. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
0: so, what do we think?
2: I do lo- you know, I just, as we said before, and all these, I love Halloween films. Um, it does get a bit to the point where like, this, this version of it, where it gets to like sort of the fifth and sixth film. I sort of had enough, but the 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 first one, the original one, I really like. I is such a uh, outstanding film for like the one of the, the a film with its time then, and the fact that like we said before is it still stands up. Matt? It's still a very good film, even with all the advances that have happened in technology with filming with everything like that. Yeah. That is a great film with everything that's done. I do love though the fact that, as it pointed out to me the other day on a thing that I read on Facebook, and now I can't unsee it, which is the fact that Halloween, as well uh, this this version of Halloween, same as Nightmare on Elm Street, and even um, the Jason films and stuff like that, is the fact that he's got the typical horror blue moon in it, yeah, which lights up everything. But (laughs) other than that, I say it's just it's so amazingly. Well done, and the face still stands up.
1: Yeah. What do you yeah. Think? Well, it was my first ever time seeing it. I've made it to 26 years old and never seen it. <laughs> but I, I really liked it. For someone like obviously everyone who listens, no, I don't do horror. It's not my cup of tea. <laughs> but watching this, I actually really enjoyed it. Like when you say films are from like the 70s and 80s, you expect it to be uber cheesy and a bit like eh. but this film was really surprising with like in like the first scene where he's like um where it's his point of view you're looking through and then he puts like the mask on and you've got like the point of view where he's wearing the mask i thought that was wicked for something of that time that's quite you know it was quite an advanced technique of camera work yeah but i really really like this film it surprised me it's like i wouldn't say it's like a scary horror it's more like what scott said it's more like a psychological because you're in the mind of the killer and you're like following him around so i would definitely say anyone that hasn't watched it and is a bit like i'm not sure i would give it a go because i genuinely really really like this film
0: yeah i mean i agree i I think the thing about this film i love so much is that the the atmosphere of the film it builds up this this atmosphere and tension all the way through yeah and so well done um and the, the thing i think that does that for me most is that there are quite long sections of the film where you're not quite sure what's going on you're seeing it through the eyes of, of yeah. michael myers or you see what's going on whatever but there's no music and there's no sound yeah yeah, it's just this this kind of eerie
2: silence that you get. Oh, it's it's, like, it's either the eerie silence or you can faintly hear. Is that, see, yeah. I, I'm the same Jew. I've watched this film countless times, and it's only when Amy put in an ad to me when we were watching it, the fact that at certain times, if you listen very carefully, you can actually hear him breathing. Yeah, and I, yeah. I love the fact that it was sort of the, no music, no no sound, and just hearing him breathing. On this section. and I think I think it's just such an amazing way, amazingly done.
0: Yeah, oh no, it, it's 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 so well made. I mean, John Carpenter is the master of this sort of thing. I mean, there, there aren't many of his films that I have seen that I don't like. Um, and I think yeah, the other thing is the fact that it just kind of works really well as a film. It's got a really good, it's got a good pace to it. You yeah, feel like it's rushed, but it also doesn't feel like you never feel like you're th- waiting for something to happen. Yeah, you kind mm. of always kind of like on the expectance is there, but you're not sort of going, "Well, come on, hurry up and do something."
1: Yeah,
0: so it's 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 a really well driven film, mm. and there are interesting things about it though that I, I like, which is the fact that um, I mean Donald Pleasance is is a classic horror actor he's been in horror films since like the 1950s and it's it's sort of he's it, really well versed in playing these sort of roles but what I liked is the fact that they show you that he's not beyond being a bit odd and a little bit weird himself because of the fact that when he scares the kids who are outside the Myers house when they're going yeah. there for the, on, on Halloween night it's kind of like what he's doing is really kind of weird yeah, yeah. It's, sort of like, yeah, it's a little bit bizarre for somebody who's a, who's a psychologist To be doing things like
1: that
2: Yeah, to sit there and play with the mind blood.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I did say at one point When he was walking down the street And he had his hand in his coat pocket With obviously, you could see the gun And yeah. I said it looks very... Quite perverted because he's in like the big overall, the typical thing. If you think of a pervert, you think of the big jacket. Yeah. and he's got his hand in his pocket, and after like him scaring the kids in the bush, I was like, "Is this gonna take a turn that I'm not ready for?" <laughs> it's like he was acting very weird down the street, and it's like, it was. Mm. Yeah, the <laughs> thing is
2: that just on a professional note as well, the fact that you do have to have some sort of weirdness about you to be a psychologist. Well,
0: uh, maybe
2: yeah. But I I t- the thing is, like you said though, is he fits this. Uh, he fits this role oh, yeah. so well. Like, I've seen other things that he's been in, and it it, it doesn't seem the same as what he does, what he plays in this, and oh. it just works so well. But I just don't be wrong. There's certain bits in in this version of Halloween. I love. I I have to laugh at. There's certain, like um <laughs> the girl's face. Uh, when she gets strangled and killed in the car, yeah. and it's sort of, it's blatantly just sort of faked right, with her eyes rolled and all that, and I was like, I yeah, had the, to laugh at that. When, yeah, <laughs> the
1: faces got me. Like when she's in the yeah. cupboard as well, when they find the body in the cupboard, it, the faces did make me chuckle. Yeah, because I was like, yeah. that's, that's just perfect. <laughs>
0: the, thing well, is, it's, the thing about it is, though, you got. I think it's, it's it's important to remember, especially for this one, is the fact that. Almost all of them in this, apart from Donald Pleasants, almost, well, some of the other male actors, but all of the girls, especially, and the young kids. This was the first film they'd ever been in. It's the first yeah. film that oh. Emily Curtis ever made.
2: Yeah, it's just, that's what I was looking at. It's the fact this is the first film she started. It was her very first yeah. acting gig, really. And to go into, especially to go into a young Carpenter film, and a, and a horror film to start it off as as a young young actor, yeah, is just amazingly. And like you said, the other actors, the other younger actors, especially for the young the young, really younger kids, yeah, that are in it, and the fact that the way they their emotion and their acting in it, it was so yeah. well done. The oh, thing yeah. is, like I said, the, the acting in it is. Well, I've watched a lot of older films, but the acting doesn't stand up mad to what he did. Yeah. And then, like it does it's not as good. But this film it does. It, it's almost like it, like you could. no sort of, no way to tell that it is their first film.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I know what you were saying about the, the the horror Blue Moon thing, but what I would say is the fact that, if you, considering most of the action takes place at night, yeah, and a lot of that indoors. One of the things I like about this film, in comparison to a lot of modern horror films, is you can actually see what's happening.
2: Yeah, I was oh, like, it's
0: so dark you can't see anything. That's
2: just the thing. As I said to uh, Amy, said to me, she was like, "Did the whole thing of why don't why don't you turn the lights on?" And I was like, because of the fact that obviously the, it then takes away the thing that you can see what's going on. Yeah. But then you then. Like you said, you get to see with the moon, the moonlight actually what it shows. Yeah. And the show it lights up the house. And it still gives that atmosphere to it of the fact that, like, when you, part of, this, part of it, when she walks upstairs and sees the, the light in the bedroom and it's coming through the doorframe, yeah. that gives such a great atmosphere yeah. feeling.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, I, I just think it's a, it's a really, it's all together, it's a really good film. It, mm. Yeah, there are a couple of bits that maybe, I think, if even if, he, if John Carpenter made it nowadays, he might change a few bits. But on the whole, it's just a really good film that it works so well. As yeah. It is.
2: It's, so this, this film, I would say, is the fact that it is definitely a, a way of showing why John Carpenter got the reputation he did. Oh, yeah. He's got the reputation for making these amazing horror films, especially, but he's so easily seen in this film.
0: Yeah. It, it is. It's a, it's a great film. And, and, you know, I think all of the acting works very really well. Even the kids work really well. Yeah. And, you know, we've said before, sometimes you, you get so many short films have been that kids act amazingly and I think it's true in this film as well they're really good yeah. at what they do yeah
2: I just yeah. think it's just so
0: you do wonder what kind of effect it had on them but
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the fact that certain actors obviously you see that have grown up to do that have been child actors that have done a lot of horror films and they go on to do some quite bizarre things in their actual real life yes so <laughs>
0: Okay, let's move on to the, to the second one. Yeah. Halloween, directed by Rob Zombie in 2007. Did you say I wrote? Yeah. Why didn't I write the date down? I don't know. Anyway, uh, the screenplay uh, was written by Rob Zombie, but it was based on the original screenplay for the original film. Yeah. Uh, Rob Zombie also directed and produced it. Uh, other producers were Malik Akad and Andy Gould. Uh, cinematography was uh, Phil uh, Parmit. The music and the score was done by Tyler Bates, but uh, he used the theme, the Halloween theme, the Michael Myers theme that John Carpenter yeah. originally wrote for the original film. Now, the cast uh, I've just taken the main actors and actresses here. Yeah. Michael McDowell, uh, Sherry Moon Zombie, Tyler Main. Scout Taylor Compton Brad Dorif, or Dorf, Dorif, something like that, Uh, Daniel Harris and William Forsyth now there are other people in it as well there are other things. The interesting thing for me yeah as far as the past is concerned is the fact that there were people in this film that have been in other horror films and sci-fi films that uh, are classic films the mum that uh, of, of that uh, um, of the uh family that went that his uh, sister goes to. It was D Wallace who plays the mum in uh he plays the mum in ET. Um you had uh the uh oh god I can't remember the name now uh Sid Haig and Bill Mosley who have been in almost all of Rod Zombie's films. Um you know Malcolm McDowell's (laughs) been in Loads of sci-fi and horror things and all that sort of thing. Sherry Boo Zombie obviously has been in Rob Zombie's all Rob Zombie's films, oh, even other people as well. And also a very bizarre, um, very bizarre uh, cameo role by Mickey Dolenz, the drummer from the uh, from the Monkees.
2: Yeah,
0: (laughs) as a gun store owner, which kind of threw (laughs) me for a moment because I was thought, what? It's the thing
2: like we said, it's the fact. Like some of the other actors in it's like uh, was it Harold? Oh, Sabia, sorry. Yeah. He was in, he was in, he went on to do, obviously, he's done Spy Kids, he's done stuff. So he was in Machete as well, and he's done loads of stuff. And
0: yes, yeah. well, and, and the he, fact
2: that, yeah, <laughs> and the fact that Danny, uh, was it Danny?
0: Danny Trigio.
2: Danny Trigio. I just that. I love that man as an actor. Oh, he's
0: great. Yeah. He yeah. He, <laughs> he, yeah, he plays one of the, the guards, the thing. Yeah. But so anyway, the film itself. Yes. What would you like to say about the film? I'll leave this to you because of the fact that I know this is more your kind of. Yeah, that's it.
2: I, like I said, like we said before, whole way up. Leading to this, I love this version. I've always loved Rob Zombie's films, um, mainly because I love the man, with his music, and his just whole everything he's done. Right. I love this version. I just, it's. Because not only because of the fact that it's the type of film it was an icon like, but the fact that like it's it tells a lot more of the story a lot more of the, um, the sort of psychological side of it. yeah like obviously the first one doesn't explain a lot with um why Michael ends up the way he does? This one explains obviously. I sort of does it with uh, he comes from a bad heart, a proper broken home. He's being bullied at school. I uh, there's so much going wrong in his in his, in his life, and he just snaps. Hmm. And I like and I like not like him. It, it's the fact that he shows that, and the fact that he shows that as he's doing the cancelling, doing the sort of psychological side, he you can see the progression get worse by the fact that he feels isolated and he feels sort of uh, betrayed and forgotten and everything like that. And I, yeah. I like that, that version and that's the way I've done it because of the fact that it sort of it explains a lot more than just oh he's a killer. It explains it's more than, it's more the fact that he's, died. there's something seriously wrong with him and they tried explaining it and tried doing it but it just sort of, it shows that nothing could have been done.
0: Yeah. Uh, I just sorry, yeah. Go on, on Emma. I was you, say, like, you're oh, the uh, neutral party in this. So. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I've obviously first time seeing this film, and like I adore Rob Zombie, I really do, but I've never quite had the courage to watch his films. And it's like, this is the first film that he's done that I've watched, and I absolutely love it. Like, it's such a good film. Like Scott was saying, the background information to it just made it feel like in that short hour where he had more of his own story put into it was amazing because it makes you realise what the poor, well, not poor guy, but you know what <laughs> I mean, what like the child went through to like the, his breaking point to having to see him get to that point and then him deteriorate and with like, The whole like mental health side of it, he's using his masks to hide behind. And I think it's quite like with the mental health bit of it, it's quite relatable. If you suffer with mental health, you use your coping mechanisms. So watching it from that point of view, you're like, oh, okay, that, you know, you hide, you find that sort of coping mechanisms. And it's like, when they've got like this one has so much more information, it's like, They uh, tell you what happened to the baby sister. You know that the fact she got taken to a different town and then she come back. It was just like I literally my notepad. I've got about two pages worth of just notes written down because there's just like it's such a good movie. It's like it's the first horror movie I've watched that it's like literally sucked me into it. I didn't want to take my eyes off the screen because like it's really like eerie and You just don't want to stop watching in case you miss something. Like one scene where he attacks the adopted dad, I took my eyes off for one second, looked back, and then he's like, Someone's dead. <laughs> we yeah. were literally at, like all the way through the movie, me and Scott were doing a kill counter, we yeah. were charting <laughs> was just... how many kills he'd done. And <laughs> was... in this movie, he got we got to about 21 22 kills.
2: It's the fact he got he got to, <laughs> got to the kill, like uh, the first one he done. I right, and overall there was I think there was about four or five people we killed. And within the first what half an hour or hour of this of the film, he'd already gone past that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just I think mean, yeah, we worked out it was about twenty, twenty-one kills nobody body can he got up to. Yeah. But what I like about it is the fact that yeah, like Amy said, it's the fact that it tells the story of uh, Michael a bit more on his sort of deterioration. Like Amy said as well, is the fact that it explains a bit more about what happened. So the younger sister, to the like the reason why he was chasing her and everything like that. Um, what I loved as well was the fact that obviously, like we said, like you said, is the fact that Rob Zombie took a lot, some of the screenplay and some of the ideas from the original film, and it's it's very good to see. Like with um, like, with the name of the club that um the mum works at, obviously it's the same name of the club that uh, the the nurse in the first one has got a Matchbook Matchbox from yeah and it's like the odd little connection through it like the um the music that's being played or one of the songs that's being played and it, it's on the same songs that was released in the first one, yeah. and I just love the odd the little connection between the films of like the same sort- so it obviously ties it all together I know it's supposed to be the same thing, but it's sort not Rob zombie running away with it doing his own version of it, yeah but making it so he's he's paying homage to it really, yeah.
1: I, yeah. I really like that as well. It's like especially watching them back to back like watching the first one then watching the second one and you're like oh hang on a minute. It's yeah. like the little the little links it's not like in your face but it's like Rob Zombie's paying like Scott said homage to like the original cult classic that everyone loved. Yeah. But putting like his Rob Zombie twist to it. Well
0: I tell you, I I like the film. It's the first time I've seen it. Okay, Um, I like the film. I I, I think it's 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 not a bad film. It's a good film. Um, What I like about it is I do like I like the fact that there are scenes in it. There are connections to it, like that thing, and like the thing that the kids are sitting watching um, the original version of the thing. Yeah, which is quite cool. Um, This use of the Halloween theme that John Carpenter. Created for the first film, and they use the same little musical identical as well, which is which is really cool. There are certain scenes which are almost identical. it's um, yeah. they, like the, the bit where he lifts the guy up against the wall and then yeah. puts the knife through him and he's sort of like pinned to the wall by it. That yeah. you know, that was it was really good. Um <clears throat> it's well made, great film, all that kind of thing. My problem with it. is exactly one of the things that you like about it. What's that? The background story. Okay. The reason I don't like it is because it normalises it. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. It makes it, it's like sort of, it tells his story of what he was like as a kid, and it normalises his reaction. Yeah. Yeah. They, They make Laurie his sister, which she isn't in the first film.
2: Mm.
0: and that kind of normalizes her role in the film yeah and then the way he's treated by the two ga- the two guys in the asylum normalizes his escape
2: yeah so it
0: kind of normalizes the whole situation whereas in the first film the thing for me that was one of the things that makes it scary is you don't know why he did it you don't know why he's, he's latched onto this girl who he seems to be fixated on as if he's, as if she's his sister yeah you don't know why he escaped that point why at that point in particular did he decide to, to leave the the asylum and that makes it even scarier because it's like sort of you have no idea what's going on in this this guy's mind.
1: That is I, a very good point, uh, thinking back at it now. It takes, like, the suspense away. Yeah. It, like, it, like, don't don't me wrong, still love the movie, but looking back at that point now, it dilutes it. You're not on edge as much because you're like, you know why he's chasing and why he's doing everything yeah. he does in the two hours he's doing it. Yeah. It's like, you're like, it. I, I can understand where you're coming from with that one.
0: And it, it kind of, to me, it, it's scarier for somebody... It's one of the things that always, always got me is the fact that when they, in real life and that sort of thing, when they do, when you, if you see a real crime thing, they always look for a reason why this person has become the person they are. Yeah. And what's scary to me is when you can't find a reason. And there's yeah. nothing at all yeah. it, They just suddenly decide to start killing people. Yeah. For no real reason whatsoever. And there's no escalation. It just suddenly happens.
2: Yeah. I see. Say- I do agree with you, and I, think, about, know, like you said, thinking about it that way. I do agree with you. Is it does normalize it? Yeah, I think. I think for me, it's the way that it's done is the reason why I like it. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. No, don't, but, don't get me wrong. I think. I think it is a is a really well made film, and I think it's a great film of, of what it is. To me, it's not quite as good as the original because of that. But yeah, it's a great film nonetheless. It, it's. 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 The only other thing that, that, that to me is a little bit eh, is the fact that they made a sequel to it, right? Yeah. But the ending of it didn't leave it open for a sequel, whereas in the original one, it was oh. open for a sequel.
2: See, I was I was thinking about this because I've seen the sequel to it, and I sort of felt the same way. But then I was we watched it earlier to, uh, earlier, and I realised that it never shows the shot of, the last shot of it hitting him.
0: I suppose, yeah.
2: And the fact that she, he's grabbing her hand, shaking her hand all over the place, so you never see the connections? She just hears the gunshot and screams.
0: Yeah, I suppose. But,
2: but... the thing, before we carry on doing that, you were saying about the child acting in the last one, in the first one. Now, what? in this one, the younger kids that obviously they're babysitting um, Really as well, yeah, but not doing as much. I think the child acting though from as it, uh, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his name because I know I'm going to screw up. But the guy, that, the the person that plays the young Michael,
0: plays yeah, Michael, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. His acting as the child is scary.
0: Oh yeah, no, he's and, he's incredibly good.
2: And seeing the fact that he he went on another film and done other films, and all right, I I I've looked I looked him up, and he has gone on and done some stuff in his in his past and probably screwed him up a bit while doing this film. But <laughs> is the fact that his acting in it is so well done in it. I it's just amazing to me.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And the fact that it's like so I've said in a few other is very, very, very scary how well he is done.
0: Yeah. Now I know
2: <laughs> Rob Zombie's good at pulling people's um, best out of them I've seen a lot of the films he
0: does the weird but, thing for me is the fact that when I first saw him um, when you first see him like full body and his hair or I all that sort of thing I thought hang on a minute this is a young chubby Rob Zombie
2: yeah oh that's the thing it's the whole way through I would sit in there and look like because the way that his hair falls, out even at the end when his hair and the diet I was sitting there it's like he, he's just him yeah, the way that his hair is,
0: you just got a feeling that that's how Rob Zombie was when he was a kid.
2: You know, oh, so I was looking at the pictures of Rob Zombie, it's what he looks like now. But
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just a funnelist. I was,
2: to say I was thinking day.
1: more like Mick from Slipknot, <laughs> looking at all the masks and stuff. Yeah. As soon as I saw him starting to make the masks, I was like, babe, he looks like he's from Slipknot. <laughs> he, Rob Zombie's gone to Corey, like, give me some mask ideas, <laughs> and that's where all the ideas come from. <laughs>
0: it, wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me.
1: <laughs>
2: no, 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 but it's just the fact that saying it, yeah. and the fact that I will, I will say, for obviously Michael Myers is uh, is a an image that a lot of people know, like they stole the mask, they know the boiler suit, everything like that. But Tyler Main, who hasn't done a lot of films, to be able to portray
0: that so well, yeah, and Ooh. in his own way. Big old guy, that bloke. Oh, isn't he? yeah,
2: Tyler Main oh is, <laughs> is massive.
0: He's one thing we haven't talked about, yes, uh, is the uh, the the uh, unnamed character in the first film who again makes a cat makes an appearance in the second film, which is, of course, William Shatner. Yeah, now well, for, to anyone that, for anyone that doesn't know. They were looking for a good mask. They wanted a mask that had no overall kind of... Uh,
2: defining features.
0: Defining features. That was it. They also didn't wanted one that wasn't pulling some kind of expression or other. They wanted something that was kind of expressionless or all that kind of thing. And the uh, special effects guys for, for John Carpenter found in a shop a copy, like a mask, of William Shatner as Captain Kirk. They cut the eyes slightly wider, so that they, so that it, it made it a bit easier for him to, for him to see out, and they also um, they they uh, molded the hair slightly differently, so that it would look more slicked back. Yeah, and then they just painted it white. Yeah, but it was ostens- ostensibly just a mask of William okay. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's news to me. I'm learning as I on this. You, one. Know what <laughs> the thing,
2: you know what's scary though? It's the fact that if you watch that film now, if you have that and watch that film again, you have that that little bit in the back of your head. Yeah. It makes it so much more
0: creepy. <laughs> Interestingly, the second film, because they couldn't do that. Because of the fact that there weren't any William the masks around, and that the original mask of Long, what they did was they got a Michael Myers mask. Yeah. From a, uh, from a, um, Halloween uh, sort of hire shop, and then they made it look like it had gone slightly mouldy.
1: Love it. But the Michael <laughs>
0: Myers mask was obviously modelled on the original William Fattner yeah. mask, so it's kind of like, it's. <laughs> That's so cool.
1: That's such a cool little like if you didn't know about it, yeah. Like I've yeah. just learned that. I've I don't know anything about these films. I'm trying to learn as I go, as we do in the podcast.
0: I just but I knowing
1: just, that, just the little details that makes it really cool.
0: I've always thought it was just so funny that they think it's like we want something that it's got no real expression and it's completely featureless. So we use William <laughs> Shatner.
1: William Shatner. I can't look at in the same way now. I'm never going to be able to look at it no, in the same
2: is, way ever again. It's, it's, sad, it's just the fact they said, you watch that film back now and you have a little snippet in yeah. your head of going, all it needs to be is just like white paint to wash off and mm-hmm. having people run away screaming because they've seen William Chatney just makes it so yeah. much funnier.
0: <laughs> I mean, as I say, they did cut his eyes out a little bit wider so that the I could see out of <laughs> the, the mask <laughs> easier. But...
2: And there is his gold, oh, but that's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> That's why the Rob Zombie one worked so well because that's what he looked um, like now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a bit wrinklier and a bit mouldier.
0: Well, I think the thing about the, these two films is they're both really good in their own way. Yeah, um, it's difficult really to compare them. I think because of the age, because of the time difference. I mean, you're talking sort of like thirty years between the making of. Them. Oh yeah. Yeah. But um, they both stand up. In their own right, um, and I suppose you know everyone's going to have their own preference. Of the two, I think I prefer watching the original one, but the second one I really I liked as well. You know, I wouldn't say I didn't like it. And I yeah. must admit, it's only the second Rob Zombie film I've actually seen.
2: See, this these so, things that I've I've watched, apart from his new one, I have watched every single one of Rob Zombie films. I, yeah. I think it's just so well done.
0: I've only seen, um, what's it called? House of a Thousand Corpses. Oh, no, it's the third film I've seen, House of a Thousand Corpses, and I've seen um, The Diabolical Three.
2: Well, you've got Free From Hell, Your Devil's Rejects.
0: Free from, free from Hell. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, those are the only two films I've seen of his before. Um, uh, and, and this was, I think this was better than them, to
2: be honest. Oh, it's the thing, it's the thing that's that made me laugh is that the, oh, I had to sort of try and explain is the fact that we were watching uh, the first one and Amy went to me, Sharon, Sharon Marie, a zombie, plays um Michael's mum in the, in the second one and her job is that she's a stripper. Yeah. And Amy went to me, oh, I never thought I'd see Rob Zombie portray his wife like this. And I was like, compared to what she's like in his other films, this is quite the same. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously, <laughs> what is what he's like in... Uh, Devil's Rejects and Free from Hell and House yeah. um, of Thousand Culties It just again it just portrays how much of a good actor she is and the way she is in uh, Salem's Lot as well. Lords of Salem, sorry, yeah. and I, it just shows how good of an actor she is.
0: I just think it's it's uh, they are they are. I feel like they are the same film, but they are of the time that they were made.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so it, it, they're as good as each other, but they are definitely of their own time. But I still think, I still think the good thing about the interesting thing about it is that, um, unlike a lot of the film, the, the Halloween films that came afterwards, and unlike the the Friday the Thirteenth films, I think, and Nightmare on Elm Street, I think. Um, the first Halloween film still stands up today as being a good film. It works really well. Yeah. It doesn't look dated. It doesn't look no. wrong. It doesn't look out of place. It wouldn't be out of place to go and see it in the cinema now. No. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, because
2: obviously we've we've done, like we've spoken about it before about the whole uh, Nightmare on Elm Street things and yeah, some of the some of the very badly. Um, Oh, for then, it was done well, but nowadays, it's very obvious to tell where the CGI is and stuff like Oh, yeah. not a CGI, where the special effects are, and where they've cut people. But like, and it's, a, it's not a person, it's a dummy, or told being pulled through things. And, but oh. like you said, with, with, this, with this Halloween film, the first one, is, is very still very hard to tell. It's very hard to deal with. And mm-hmm. the fact that the stuff, like we said before, is the fact that the stuff that would be the horror side of it, it doesn't show, like, it doesn't show them being, having a, their, like, their throat's cut or anything like that. It it all to the imagination.
0: One of the other things that got me about this, to be honest, is it, <clears throat> having watched a lot of horror films from the 70s, uh, late 70s and 80s, one other thing I liked about this was, yes, there is a certain amount of nudity and, you know, this kind of thing in it. But one of the things that that got me about it <laughs> was the fact that it wasn't Gratuitous, just there for the sake of being there. Yeah, yeah. It was part of the action. It was not yeah. just a matter of like, oh, look, there's a girl. Let's make her lose all her clothes. Yeah,
2: yeah. You know <laughs> like I mean? a lot of fil- like a lot of films that we've watched.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, that was a thing in the late seventies and early eighties. It was definitely they were aiming at a teenage boy market.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: Um, and that was what it was about. But uh, what I liked about it is that although it is in this, it's it's definitely part, it's, yeah, of the it's story, part of the action.
2: Yeah, it's it's not something that you're being distracted by. It's no. something yeah. that that adds to the film because it's obviously something that they're trying to they're trying to portray it as the fact that it, it's these moments where you're meant to feel safe and yeah, and yeah. vulnerable, and, and when to, it happens.
0: And to be honest, the second film does the same. The parts in that where there are I mean I'm not sure about the stripping scene and all that kind of thing I think maybe that was a bit kind of didn't really need to be yeah, yeah. I don't know maybe that's an argument you know, that we could have for hours You know, depending on your point of view but um, on the whole the scenes of nudity in that were the same they were part of the story they were part mm. of what yeah. was going on with these teenage kids it wasn't like it was just kind of like as a naked woman, you know, yeah. it's, it's kind of like the, the amount of films I've seen where it's like sort of, we've got somebody killing people, we've got so many people, there's a woman with no clothes on, there he's killing more people, and it's like, Yeah, well, it's, the
2: thing is, even with other films that we've we've watched for this, for the podcast, and like, another film I've watched from that time as well, is the fact that a lot of them, even modern day films as well, where they try doing it, try portraying women, all the women in it as these like scanty clients and so they're hardly wearing anything anyway. Yeah. Or if they're like, everything's on show even when they're clothed. And what I love about both of these films is the fact that they are very modest dressed. Yeah. They're very covered up. They've, like, they've done all that. But it's, yeah, like you said, the fact that when there is nudity in it, it's not in your face, you need to look at this. It's very subtly done. It's very sort of, it's like a couple of times it's only like, uh, partly like partly slipped, or uh, it's a passing as the camera goes, and I yeah, think yeah. this is so well done. The fact, that, like I said, it doesn't doesn't take away from the film. It doesn't. It's not in your face and doesn't distract you from what's going on. Yeah. Is that it's, like I said? It's meant to be that whole point of you let your guard down. You're vulnerable. You're just sort of taking that that sort of that that moment to go. I'm okay. I'm relaxed. Yeah and that's when it happens that's when the killer turns up that's when the stuff starts happening you then go and makes you panic even more because that's that that time where you you're meant to be safe yeah and you're not
0: yes well i think we can agree that they're both good films oh definitely And uh, I I think that uh, they're they're of their own time, maybe, but they're they're both good in their own ways. They have their own good points. I'm sure that everybody, anyone watching them, will be able to find at least one or two points about both films (laughs) that they don't like or that they think (laughs) don't work or whatever. But hey, you know, there isn't a perfect film out there. I don't think. think It's ever been made. No,
1: (laughs) it is like like you said. It's very hard to compare them because they've very different but in their own ways it's like you 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 watch the cult classic it's the one I've always heard everyone speak about and like proper hype up and for the first time seeing it I can understand why it's one of like the big horror films because it is just so good and then the fact like Rob Zombie was like brave enough to try remake right. this because there's so many people that remake movies and you watch it and you're like, just why, what was the point? Yeah. But the yeah. way, the way he done it, I, I'm a bit biased anyway. I've got a soft spot for Rob Zombie, but the way he done it, I think he done it so well and he done it justice. He didn't Absolutely. ruin it. You know, he still paid he had his own quirky twist on it, but he still paid homage to one of the biggest horror movies in like the horror community but yeah. I think that's just so amazing if you get the chance to watch them back to back you will see you're like wow he actually done it justice he didn't yeah. go out there and annoy the whole horror community by ruining one of the biggest films out there it's
2: very it's, true. This is very true it's just I totally agree with that it's the fact that you, like you see you see in horror remakes and stuff like that where people have remade it point by point and ruined it yeah and what I like about the fact that like the remake of Rob Zombie done is the fact that look, yeah, he's added bits and he's paid homage to it, but he's made it his own film.
0: Yeah. He's absolutely. done it
2: his way, but he's still paid homage to it. He's still done it. In that way. still... Because of the fact, like he says at the end, it's the fact that he said he, he's basically all on John Carpenter's film. Yeah. But he's yeah. made it his own way. Like Amy said, it's the fact that he hasn't taken away a film. He could have screwed... He could have upset so many people with yeah. doing it, but... The fact that he went, yeah, it's a great film, but I want to make it my way and do it this way. But it's still a paying homage to the man.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's true. It's it's they're both really good films. I enjoyed watching uh, the first one again, and I enjoyed watching the the, the Rob Zombie one. Uh, having never seen it before. So I, I would recommend them to anybody. Uh, go out and watch both of them. Actually, watching them both back to back would be quite interesting. I've never done that, but that would be quite interesting to do.
1: If I can uh, do it for someone that doesn't like <laughs> horror, I think you're so, yeah. you guys are slowly converting me. I now want to watch more and like expand my horizon. It's, so it's, it's, a matter of choosing,
0: it's a matter of choosing the right films to watch.
1: I think this was like, I would say to anyone listening that isn't, a massive horror fan these two would be actually quite a good level to jump on yeah because it's not like like I don't do jump scares I can't do movies (laughs) where you're constantly like getting jumped at and I can't do it but these ones yeah there's there's some moments where you're a bit on edge and you're like you're waiting for it but it's like I would recommend to anyone listening like these are two good movies to kind of put your toe in the water and go, all right, okay, and then slowly expand out.
0: Absolutely. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Right. Okay. So um big thumbs up for both of these movies. I'll put the links on that we've got on it for, for YouTube, but you can find them all over the place. I mean, at the moment, uh the John Carpenter one is also being shown on I think it's been on it's on Amazon Prime, and it's, it's on-
2: also yeah, it's also on oh, actually, all of them. I think, yeah. apart from the newest one, which is Halloween Kills, are actually all on Netflix at the moment as part of their Halloween special that they've got. Yeah. On so,
0: so yeah, give, give them a watch. Um, some of the some of the sequels to the first one, Avoid. old. Uh, avoid it? But uh, well, no, no, I was thinking of season of the witch Halloween. <laughs> that's three or four. I can't remember the one that's uh, nothing to do with the, with Michael Myers. I think it's. <laughs>
2: I think it might be free because you've got <laughs> Halloween and then uh, Halloween Two. I oh, know Halloween and H Two O, which is the twenty years later one. Yeah, and then there's one that's got absolutely nothing to do with it, and then it goes back to it. It's very strange. It's just like the new one does look good. I keep seeing yeah. the trailer for the
1: new one. I'm actually really intrigued to go watch that.
2: But it's... again, it just shows the fact that Jamie Lee Curtis is an amazing actress from the start. Oh yeah, the yeah. fact that she hasn't got to the point where she's had enough of it. But <laughs> the yeah. fact that it's... She's followed this franchise through and she's made it a massive franchise.
0: Yeah. Yes. and, and These these two films are definitely worth watching. So yes. go out and give them, give them a watch. Um, thank you very much, Scott. That's okay. Thank you very much indeed, Amy, for being uh, on here and <laughs> watching, the, watching the two horror films. Uh, we'll be back next week with uh, three short sci-fi films again. Uh, and all that sort of thing, and edging our way slowly towards the Christmas special. <sighs> we will be watching two, I don't know, films. That, uh, yeah,
2: uh, this is a good point as well, is I don't think I've actually worn maybe what they are. Ah, okay. So, I don't know whether or not I should <laughs> or whether or not we should to it. We're
0: doing, we're doing a horror and a sci fi for Christmas.
1: Okay, that would be fun.
0: Uh, I would Full-length feature films again. Uh, Should I tell you what they are?
2: Yeah, go on, because I don't <laughs> think it's quite a sunk in me what they are.
0: Okay, we're doing a horror film which is called Mother Krampus. Right. Okay. And then we're doing, <laughs> we're doing a sci-fi film which is called uh, Santa Claus versus the Martians. Excellent. Excellent. It's going to be a fun day yes <laughs> that's from 1956 i think it Something like got that okay oh,
2: you didn't tell me that bit. <laughs> wow that's gonna be interesting
0: there yeah okay well thank you very much for uh being part of this you two guys thank you very much for anyone uh tuning in and uh we will be back in a week or so well no in a week
2: yeah i was gonna say a week or so
0: <laughs> or so well you know your day slippage here and there, you never know.
2: I've <laughs> realized I've sat the whole way through this with a feather sticking out of my head.
0: Like right my head. Baby, I think you're too small for people to be able to see it really.
2: <sighs> if you know not something.
0: Not right up close like that. No, that sort of thing. <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> we'll see what sort of virtual background we can try next week. Um, yeah. And uh, we'll take it from there. Thank you very much. We've been the sci-fi four five. five, 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 five <laughs>
2: <laughs> almost, almost got for a whole podcast without without mucking up
0: once. Almost, <laughs> we have been the Sci Film Podcast. We've got to get these teeth fixed, <laughs> and uh, we will be back again. Bye, breaker. bye. <laughs> bye. <laughs> The Sci Fora Film Podcast. Sci-Fi Film Podcast is a Thrive Productions podcast.